You're listening to the Third Down Squad Podcast, the best international news podcast for the National Football League. We're your hosts, Derek, Josh, and Toby. Let's get you ready for new set downs on Sunday. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Third Down Squad Podcast. It is now officially week eight of the NFL season. That's right, folks. We're almost halfway through the NFL regular season. Makes us sad every time we think about it. Anyway, on to our first topic. We uh, recap these games from week seven. Uh, I ended up finishing with a record of 12 and two this week. Only games I missed were the Giants and Cardinals games where I picked the Giants and I picked the Eagles over the Cowboys, which was a mistake, obviously. Toby finished with a record of 10 and four. Not too bad this week for you, Toby. And Josh finished with a record of 7-7. and Josh tried to be the wild card this week, and it did not pay off for him. So, that means going into week 8, we now have a combined record. I have 68-36-1. Toby with a 64-40-1. And and Josh with a 60-44-1. So, we're still all within 8 games of each other. So, still not too bad. All right. We're going to recap these games here real quick. And remember, guys, 30 seconds apiece here real quick so we can get through these quick. First game, Chiefs versus the Broncos. Uh, myself and Toby picked the Chiefs, and Josh picked the Broncos. Uh, Josh thought the Broncos were going to have another record day, but they certainly did not have one of those. Even with the injuring of Pat Mahomes, which is what this game was basically talked about the most of, even without Patrick Mahomes for most of this game, the Chiefs still found a way to move the ball against the Broncos in every way, shape, or form. And their defense had a total of seven sacks. Or actually, I think it was nine sacks in this game. So the Broncos looked absolutely terrible. Certainly looks good for the Colts who have to face them this week. Uh, Toby, give us your thoughts. Yeah, of course, as you said, uh, or one of the most important parts of this game was of course the injury to Patrick Mahomes with that uh, quarterback sneak that they tried uh not sure if that was the right call with that injury that he already had of course it was his knee now not his ankle that he had pre- uh, previously injured but as he said the Broncos just couldn't stop the defensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs uh Joe Flacco was constantly under pressure and that's one thing you don't want to have Joe Flacco under pressure. He's a quarterback that is not mobile in the pocket and can't evade the pressure. So, I mean, that's why the Chiefs won that game. Josh? If I'm the Broncos, I'm calling Peyton Manning through that uh, nationwide insurance commercial and saying, please come back here. We are garbage without you. And I am ashamed I picked the Broncos because I believed in them, but... No, 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 no. Apparently, you guys just suck. All I'll just say is you better not pick them this week or I will be mad at you. Anyway, next game, our first Sunday at 1 o'clock game, the Raiders versus the Packers, where Aaron Rodgers made history, became only the third quarterback in the history of the NFL to throw for over 420 yards, have five touchdowns, and one rushing touchdown. It was all Aaron Rodgers that game. The Raiders just simply could not stop them him for anything. Uh, Josh, why don't you go ahead and give us your uh, results on this? Uh, for me, it's basically the Packers are going to the Super Bowl. Their defense is fantastic. Aaron Rodgers is 
well, Aaron Rodgers. And guess what? The Raiders are actually the Raiders we predicted in the preseason because they looked like trash out there. But it's not their fault. It's just that Aaron Rodgers is a god among men out on the field. So you do you decide. I just it was embarrassing if I was a Raiders fan that you couldn't stop Aaron Rodgers at all. Toby? Yeah, for me it's not that clear cut with the Packers yet. Of course they are a great team and they are going to the playoffs and they are uh going far in the playoffs. But yeah, you did that against the Raiders. So show me you can do that against one of the top teams in the league and yeah you're going to the Super Bowl but uh, I I gotta pump the brakes there a little bit of course Aaron Rodgers had a great game maybe it's a one off this season some might say you would throw an Anthony Barr into the machine you know (laughs) my gosh alright now we move on to the next game the Rams versus the Falcons where the Rams absolutely demolished the Falcons in this game. Josh, again, is the outlier in this one who picked the Falcons, and Toby and I both picked the Rams. Again, it was another game that Toby and I expected. The Rams just did anything they wanted against the Falcons, and the Falcons couldn't do anything. Toby, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, like I already said last week, the one thing you need against the Rams right now is a pass rush, and that's what the Falcons don't have at all. Um, so it was expected they they win that high. I expected a little bit more out of the Falcons' offense, a little bit more than 10 points uh, with Devontae Freeman, who got ejected early in the game because of throwing fists. So uh, that hurt them, of course, and... Julio Jones didn't quite show that much in that game once again, so they might have overpaid for him in the beginning of the season. All right. Uh, Josh, you want to explain yourself? Yeah. I I honestly thought that with that offense, the Falcons is going to be great. And with Dan Quinn, the defensive mastermind behind the Legion of Boom, well, guess what? They went kaboom. So there's nothing... (laughs) I'm telling you, I've never seen a team with so much hype behind it going into the season and falling flat. Wait, yeah, I did. It was the uh, Browns. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Josh. Oh, man. All right, next game. 49ers versus the Redskins. The result we expected, but not in the way we all kind of expected it to go down. Now, I know the field conditions were not great. It was very wet. It was kind of one of those days, but a 9 to nothing win. For the 49ers very very low scoring very un unlike what we've seen from a lot of 49ers games this year and even some Redskins games but nonetheless the 49ers did win as we all expected them to Josh you want to explain some more sure the uh Redskins suck plain and simple the difference between the Bengals and the Dolphins and the Redskins is the Redskins are trying. They're trying to win games. Well, when the Bengals are winning. too. The Bengals are too. The only team that's wait, not trying wait, is call, the Dolphins. You call that trying if you're the Bengals? You're just trying to get rid of Anthony and Andy Dalton. I mean, come on. If you're going to do that, at least at least freaking cut him. Oh, but we don't have AJ Green back. Well, you should should still be able to win games. Come on. <sighs> Toby I expected a little bit more out of the 49ers. Um, I 
I kind of hate that score because I bet on the uh, ten point spread in that game. So <laughs> I, I, I hey, was hoping hey, for I that. I projected. I put a bet down on that game going to at least forty points, and I was so so far off. <laughs> what? Yeah, because I didn't know because the because the yeah because the field was terrible and nobody could throw the football. Okay, yeah. and Jimmy Garoppolo had a bad game. Okay, he's not had a terrific season. I'm sorry, Toby. I cut you off. Is there anything else you wanted to add there? Uh, I I I really want to see the 49ers finally play a good team in the NFL right now and really actually can get a grasp of how good they really are because the first I think they had six games so far they only faced weak opponents and yeah I'm counting the Rams in there as well with their current offensive line uh, so well you're gonna get your wish yeah. this week Toby when they face the Panthers so we're gonna get to see there anyway uh, one thing I'll quickly mention Nick Bosa's a beast I'll just continue with that and we're yeah. going to skip past the Colts and the Texans game because Josh and I are going to be talking about that here briefly. Uh, next game we will go to is the Vikings versus the Lions. Another really good game up until the final end. Marvin Jones had himself a career day with four touchdowns on 10 receptions. Toby, <laughs> I'm looking at you because anyone that watches this knows I was facing Toby in fantasy this week. And if I had played Marvin Jones... I would have beaten you, and you know it, and you're smirking because you're like, yes, yes. But anyways, moving on from that aside, the Lions uh, now are having their running back carry on Johnson now placed on IR, and they just traded away one of their safeties to the Seattle Seahawks. The Vikings ultimately won this game with the passing attack again. The only person that did not pick the Vikings to win was Toby. So, Josh, we're going to start with you on this one. What were your thoughts on this Vikings-Lions game? The Lions did what the Lions do. Give you high hopes and then just absolutely just crap on them. Where you go, hey, we have a chance of winning. And then all of a sudden, just like the crap that they call there, that they just cannot finish games. They can start games very well. They can't finish games worth a damn and it's getting annoying watching when all you have around the Toledo area where I'm at is Browns and Lions football. Browns and Lions football. So I at least want to see one of those teams win when I at least take time out of my Sundays to freaking just enjoy a football game. But no, the Lions are all, well, we're going to come out swinging and then Matthew Stafford's going to lay the huge, the biggest egg possible on that football field. I mean, come on. Dalvin Cook ran down the Lions' throats. You're supposed to be a pretty good run defense. Where was that run defense? Toby, tell me. Yeah, that's Toby, the that's uh, the thing. The I was one that picked the Lions. What yeah, I I, I was missing that as well. Uh, I I think I said it last week that they're one of the better rush defenses in the league right now, and they should be able to not really stop Dalvin Cook, but it least slow him down a little bit they couldn't do that and all of a sudden Kirk Cousins is playing like the 84 million dollar quarterback that he was signed to be I don't know where that came from even without Adam Thielen who went out with the uh, hamstring injury after his uh, touchdown but the Vikings are actually a decent football team again I don't know where it came from yep. it didn't look like it the first couple of weeks 
Yep, they, they've been playing very, very well the last few weeks. Anyway, next game we're going to is the Jaguars versus the Bengals, where this game was kind of a very uninteresting game until the final quarter where the Jaguars scored twice in the final few minutes, one of them off of a pick six that was thrown by Andy Dalton. Pretty much sums up the Bengals' entire season so far and might continue to be that way. Toby, do you have anything to say about this one? Uh, n- not really. The Jags are playing the way they played all year with Gordon Minshew, and they are possibly getting Nick Foles back anytime soon. I think he started practicing this week again, so he might come back next week in week nine. Um, but with the Bengals right now, don't get your hopes up, Cincinnati. Josh? You know how there's take for Tua in Miami? Well, there's getting buried for Burrow going on in Cincinnati right now. <laughs> I, I can t- guarantee you right now, Cincinnati, and I'm talking to you Cincinnati fans, you've been through a lot. You've been through the Marvin Lewis era for way too long, longer than any other team should suffer through Marvin Lewis. And this is how your team rewards you the first time you get rid of Marvin Lewis. I'd be pretty pissed if I was a Bengals fan. And I know there's plenty of them. But it, it's pretty much all Andy Dalton's fault at this point. It's time to move on and get buried for Burrow. All right. We'll leave it at that one. Next game, the Giants versus the Cardinals, where Toby was the only one to get this game right with the Cardinals pretty much blowing out the Giants in regards to statistics. Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram and Daniel Jones all were horrendous in this game. They could do absolutely nothing on offense to start this game. And Arizona had themselves a comfortable lead before the first quarter was even out. So I did not expect that, especially being in New York. And with all those players back, I thought the Giants were going to be able to take advantage of the weak defense of the Cardinals, but apparently not. Josh, you were the one that picked this one with me as well. What would you think? When Saquon doesn't perform, people are going to say, well, we should take it to Sam Darnold. You know, it's it's going to be the same thing. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people thinking that right now. But you got to keep in mind, Barkley came back from an injury and so did Ingram. So they weren't clearly 100%. They were just enough to play. But that doesn't excuse the play of Daniel Jones. I mean, he should have. This is a horrible rebuilding Cardinals defense and yet they treated Daniel Jones like he was a high school football player out there sometimes and it's just it's just a the poorest excuse of football I've ever seen from a Giants team Toby yeah Josh like you said uh one of the main reasons the Giants lost there was the poor play of Daniel Jones um but yeah the Cardinals defense isn't that bad but they're bottom of the league that's I, I I think we can agree on that despite having a couple of talented players on there but they're not that good they shouldn't have beaten the Giants offensive line as easily as they did but on the offensive side on the other hand uh, I think Kingsbury's offensive plan is kind of coming into form uh, right now and they're finding ways with the run 
even without David Johnson this week with uh, Edmonds on the field, they were able to run the ball pretty efficiently. And Calamari is kind of growing into that role of an NFL quarterback. So yep. he he's getting better in getting out of the pressures and kind of having his mobility come into playing games a little bit more right now. All right, next game is the Dolphins versus the Bills, where the Bills didn't end up winning, but at halftime, the Dolphins were leading the Bills. And I thought for a moment, we might see this upset happen. We might see this upset happen. Well, it didn't happen, and we all have saw the play at the end of the game where Micah Hyde recovered an onside kick, jumping in the air, and ran straight through the entire uh, Dolphins kickoff for kickoff team and scored a touchdown on an onside kick I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what happened i'll tell you what happened let me go first i don't want to hear i want to hear this all right I'll, I'll tell you what happened at halftime everybody at the coaching staff of the dolphins went whoa 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 we're not supposed to win remember we're tanking remember we're <laughs> tanking here what are we doing here guys yeah aren't you aren't you forgetting we're supposed to be like sucking this year yeah and and I guess that rang true on that onside kick where they all just let Micah Hyde walk right past him. Yep. That's <laughs> quite possible, Toby. Yeah, I, I I actually don't know what happened to the Bills' defense right now. They they were a pretty good defense for the rest of the season so far, but apparently they did not know what the Miami plan was or something. Because, Maybe they didn't really plan that much at all for that game. Yeah, it, it felt like they didn't watch any film for that game because they just thought, okay, the Dolphins are losing anyway. Like, Josh mm -hmm. pretty much uh, told us already. So I, I I kind of stumbled on what the Bills showed us on Sunday against the Dolphins. All right, that's it for the 1 o'clock games. We move on to the 4 o'clock games with the Chargers versus the Titans. I was the only one to get this one right with the Titans winning this game in a very end where the Chargers fumbled the ball at the one yard line to have the Titans win this game. Did you all know there was a person who bet in Vegas this weekend $58,000 on the Chargers winning this game and they lost by one yard lost by one yard that man was one yard away and from winning like $58,000 and did not get it how unfortunate that is but again like I mentioned I thought the chart the Titans defense was going to be the reason that they won this game and kind of proved it in the end not it's still a close game nonetheless and that was a game that none of us were really wanting to watch anyway but anyway Toby why don't you go ahead and go first um like you said, the Titans defense was the reason they won the game uh, this week. Um, it's definitely the strongest part of the team right now with them starting Ryan Tannehill once again. But Corey Davis is kind of showing signs of his talent that he might actually be able to be a good receiver in the league and a consistently good receiver with Tannehill right now. Of course, we need a couple more games of that. And the Chargers give Philip Rivers some support on that team. It's. It, I mean, what more do you want, Toby? What more do you want? 
that he has two great running backs. He has a great wide receiver. He's got a good tight end. What more do you want? How about an offensive line? I know, but when you don't have an offensive line, you should be able to fix things. He's been in the league for 16 freaking years. I mean, he should be able to adapt, right? Yeah, but when you got those defenders standing in your face right there, you're, you can't get it to your wide receivers and running backs out there. I mean, Jacoby Brissett did it. <laughs> but then again, I think we can all kind of agree right now, Jacoby Brissett's been the better quarterback this year. Anyway... Uh, Josh, do you want to add anything to that? Oh, yeah. Um, Philip Rivers. This this goes out to you, Philip Rivers. This this goes right here to you. Now, now listen closely with you and your nine children. <laughs> You're not elite. You never were elite. You weren't even supposed to go to the damn Chargers. It's just that Eli Manning got so pissy with the Chargers organization that you ended up there. Yeah, so... You've been in this league 16 years too many, kind of, my guy. You can't you can't show up. Jeez. You, you, you just can't show up, Philip Rivers. I'm going to tell you this right now. You got lucky against the Colts because the Colts were, you know, they, they slipped up. If it, And to be completely honest, Melvin Gordon is just as to blame. Because remember that tweet yes. that he said with the fumbling? Yep. What does he do? He fumbles on the one-yard line. And you know what, Melvin? You're not worth a penny to them. You just proved them right that they don't need to pay you because yep. you did not hold on to the ball. You did not do your job. And now you look like a, you know. Have they, have they won a game since he's been back? I no. don't think so. No. I don't think they did. I don't think, I don't think, so. think they did. <laughs> so we're, we're Put Austin Eckler back in. Melvin yeah. Gordon for why the Chargers are bad. He was All back right, Austin Eckler. Right, yes, exactly. I need that now. Anyway, move on to the next Get LT back. This was another game that I was the only one to pick this one right, and that's the Ravens versus the Seahawks, where the Ravens completely shut down the Seahawks in the second half, actually made Russell Wilson throw his first interception of the year, and it was a pick six by, guess who? Marcus Peters. And DK Metcalf obviously fumbled the football on his own accord on a route late in the game. And they also returned that fumble for a touchdown as well. And Lamar Jackson had, again, another 140-yard rushing game and a 110 passing yard game, having himself another great day running, which is kind of what I mentioned would maybe be the difference maker and why the Ravens would win this game. And it ultimately kind of was. Josh, we'll start with you here. What were your thoughts? That uh, Lamar Jackson might be more elite than we think. Granted, he has more rushing yards than passing yards, but he's getting, he's doing the job. He's winning the Ravens their games. You know, he when it comes down to it, he performs. Yeah. But on the other side, I mean, uh the the Seattle defense they have to stop the run. Yeah. The run has been chewing them up in all the past games. Like Nick Chubb the week before this game tore through the Seattle defense and they even Baker Mayfield did in the beginning as well. Yeah. Yeah, so it was I'm surprised I going back I wish I did choose the Ravens after re remembering that they suck against the run. They got the best quarterback that is dual threat. Mhm. Mm so yeah, Toby. 
Yeah, first off, like you said, Derek, um, that game was decided by the Seahawks offense that struggled that day and a Ravens defense that had one of their best days this season so far. And to the stats of Lamar Jackson, I gotta say it again, he's a running back. He basically is not a quarterback anymore. I don't he's a care. Michael Vick. He's literally yeah. Michael Vick. I, I don't no, care because, about no, his... No, Michael Vick could throw the ball but Michael more Vick than Yeah, he could throw the ball, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But Lamar Jackson is a running back that occasionally throws the ball. And why why don't you throw the ball a, a little bit more often? He was pretty good the first couple of weeks or the first two weeks this season, and it worked yeah. out. Of course, there are a couple of injuries on the team right now, but it worked. Do it a little bit more again. Of course, the game plan against the the Seahawks was more run heavy, as you said, Derek. They have or Josh, uh, they have uh, one of the worst run defenses in the league. So of course they went with that approach. But you saw it the weeks before that as well. The Ravens tried running a lot more with Lamar Jackson, and it did not pay off. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's just going to be two things. Defenses are going to catch on, and they're going to shut him down. And second, they're he's going to get hurt that way. His career is yeah. going to get short really quickly. Anyway, okay, we're going to really move quick, on. Really quick before... Yeah, sure, Josh. Go ahead. Raven, all right. Ravens are running a glorified Wildcat offense. Change my mind. We'll have to see. Well, maybe people let us know in the comment section. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're going to move on from the Saints and Bears game. Again, we're going to be talking about that here in a minute. Next game we had was the Eagles versus the Cowboys, where we all picked the Eagles to win in this game. I think I'm the one of all of us that will mention, if you looked at the active roster on the night of that game and you saw how many players were out, officially ruled out, and how many guys were officially ruled in for the Cowboys, I'm telling you right now, immediately when I saw that, I said, please change my pick. Please change my pick because I knew what was going to happen because the Cowboys got all of their offensive linemen back, got their wide receiver back, and everything that they needed. And the and the Eagles had so many guys missing. And again, the, the Dallas Cowboys had the best defensive game of their entire season. They are actually able to get to the quarterback this time. They were able to force turnovers. They were able to get to the quarterback and keep them from getting those big chunk plays, especially after the first quarter. So ultimately, we, we knew Cowboys would win this one after the first quarter was over. Toby, what was your thoughts? Yeah, I like you said, it, it was the exact same reaction I had um, that the Cowboys would win that game and I'd like to change my pick. But I did not expect the Cowboys to do it by that big of a margin, especially after yeah. coming out of the loss to the Jets. I I thought it was maybe one touchdown, maybe two touchdowns, but that was pushing it, but not a 37-10 for the Cowboys. Uh, that impressed me the most that they actually came out and had what was pretty much their best game of the season after the worst game of their season against the Jets. So kudos to the Cowboys that they got their uh, got all the spirits up after after the Jets game. Josh, yeah, I really wish I cho- rechose my pick as well. 
the Eagles, man. I, last time I checked, Doug Peterson guaranteed a win. Yep. And they got the biggest L ever that yeah. night. <laughs> they got one of the biggest so, L's of the season. It, it's clear that Philadelphia, after winning that first Super Bowl, their cockiness level has gotten to a point where it's almost hilarious right now. Well, so and I want to mention this real quick. Is it fair to say ever since Frank Reich left, their offense has become quite a bit stagnant? I think uh, mm-hmm. Frank Reich leaving was huge for the Colts and was bad for the Eagles. It's always bad when you lose a good offensive coordinator. Anyway, last game of the week, Patriots blew out the Jets. Not much more to really say about it. Guys, do you have anything you want to mention? I, I don't trust the Patriots. I I'm it's the same as with the 49ers. I yeah, they have the I think the second best defense there has ever been in the league. Something like that, but look at their opponents they faced in the first 7 weeks. There was not one quarterback on that field that ranks in the top half of quarterbacks in the league right now. We're going to find out how good they are when they face the Browns this week. The, the Browns off a of bye week. The you Browns count Baker Mayfield as a top half quarterback? I mean, when he wants to be. When he wants to be. When he's on his level, yeah. But, I mean, this season, that's debatable. Josh? Well, yeah, I mean, I know the Patriots. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? I knew the Patriots would win. He-Man. He-Man. Count on me to choose them all the time, He-Man. <laughs> that was the easiest yeah. pick of the day. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shut up, Derek. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. We're going to move on here. We're going to talk about the Colts game first since we talked about the Saints last week and they had we obviously had a bye. Josh, we get to really talk a lot about this one, and we'll give Toby a little bit of he say here in a second. But obviously, the Colts beat the Texans at home off a of bye week, 30-23. to 23. Jacoby Brissett had himself a career day, had a 75% completion percentage for 325 yards, a career high with four touchdowns, also a career high with a also career high rating and passer rating at 126.7. So it was easily the best game of the of his entire career. And it was to be expected a little bit because the Texans were daring Jacoby Brissett to throw the football. And it looked like Frank Reich came in with a game plan to work that out, given that the Texans had a lot of their secondary out in this game, which certainly helped with this Colts team right now. And of course, Darius Leonard's first game back, he gets the game ceiling interception and with the stiff arm that I'm pretty sure Josh has already seen. If he hasn't, I'm going to be upset about that. But anyway, before I get in too much into it, Josh, uh, why don't you go ahead and give me your thoughts on this game? <clears throat> Take that, you damn Texans fans. <laughs> oh my God, we don't have Andrew Luck. We're going to win the AFC South. Well, look at that. Jacoby Bursett said no. And so did Darius Leonard. You got cocky there. And, you know, as a Colts fan, I'm happy that they didn't call that a touchdown with Deshaun Watson. But as an NFL fan, I'm not. 
But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that at that. But uh, where's your offense now, huh? Look at that, huh? Look at look at that, look at that, huh? Your defense got shifted by the ghost, T.Y. Hilton himself. You can't stop him. Trust me, he owns both uh, Lucas Oil Stadium and whatever the heck they call the uh, Houston Texans stadium. stadium nowadays. NRG Stadium. He owns that one too. And you're just supposed to pay him rent. Remember that, you Texans <laughs> cornerbacks. You pay him rent. Uh, but in all seriousness, though, uh, the team looked fantastic out there. I was actually surprised when I looked at my phone and we were up like 20 to uh, like 14 at one point or another, something like that. Mm-hmm. But like it was 28 to 16 when I saw the lead. I'm like, yeah. oh, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's funny fact that Jacoby Brissett is now 4-0 and against the Texans uh, so far in his career. So, again, he hasn't lost yet either to the Texans. Uh, ultimately, I think this was a game of just a pure great effort by the Colts. Obviously, Jacoby Brissett having a tremendous day where the run game didn't really have a whole lot to really do because I think the Texans were really trying to shut that down. They knew... The Colts would try to beat them in the run game. They figured if they shut that down, Jacoby Brissett wouldn't do enough to beat them in the pass game. Well, Frank Reich had him ready to go, and he executed very, very well. And not enough can be said about what these wide receivers did in this game. T.Y. Hilton had six catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. Zach Paschal, eight catches for 110 yards and two touchdowns. Eric Ebron, six catches, 70 yards, and that tremendous one-handed catch in the end zone. Also on that play, I don't know if Toby noticed it, but Quentin Nelson was lined up at fullback on that play. I was really looking to see. I thought at first that it was a, they're going to lead with Nelson taking on whoever hit the hole. I thought they were going to run up the middle. I think that really confused a couple of players, but Again, Zach Pascal, Eric Ebron, Jack Doyle had a couple of good receptions. T.Y. Hilton had himself a game. Naheem Hines had a few early that really started the drive, first drive off. I mean, this Colts offense just did everything right. It was great to see. It was great. And that's kind of what I expected off a of bye week. I thought the Colts would do that. I thought Frank Reich would have them ready. And obviously having Darius Leonard back on the defense – the Colts' rush defense did a phenomenal job early in the game of completely eliminating the run game for the Texans. And even though Deshaun Watson finished the game with 320 yards, the Colts almost always backed them up in their in deep in their own territory, so they had to go a long ways. And the two times that they didn't, where the Colts failed on that fourth and one, they only let them have a field goal. And then the one time Brissett fumbles the snap and the Texans got it inside the five, the Colts held them to a field goal there too. So it was a great bend, but don't break defense here. They they played phenomenal in having those two interceptions. Obviously, there were a few times they got beat, but overall, when you look at the competitiveness and just the determination to take advantage of the weaknesses in this Texans team right now. The Colts executed. They did what they needed to do. And now they're sitting atop the AFC South. Toby, did you have anything you wanted to say about this one? 
Uh, no, not really. I don't have anything out around the Colts. Um, but yeah, I I got some stuff on the Saints, of course. And uh, let's go to that. First off, I want to address the entirety of Vegas or those who put the odds out for football games. Do not put the Saints as underdogs ever again this season. (laughs) Yes, please don't. (laughs) It's just too easy. I don't even know where the person thought that that was okay to put them as an, an underdog against the the Bears of all teams. I, don't... I, I I mean, if you look at it, yeah, they're missing their starting quarterback, their first ballot Hall of Famer, and they're missing their starting running back, <laughs> and they're missing their starting tight end. But then again, you have Teddy Bridgewater as your backup quarterback who was 4-0 to this point before the game. And at running back, you still have uh, Latavius Murray who was once uh, an RB1 in the league as well and it showed in that game because Latavius Murray was it was was the rebirth of Mark Ingram in New Orleans it basically it it, it looked like Mark Ingram never went away uh, it was almost the same running style as well um, on the other hand Michael Thomas once again uh, great game um, keeping the uh, Teddy Bridgewater always giving him a target there. He had a couple of drops in the game early, I think, that were kind of not really Michael Thomas-esque, I want to say. But shout-out to Ian Rappaport, who, after two weeks, I did it right here on this podcast, brought Michael Thomas in the conversation for MVP this season today on Twitter. Um, I I think a wide receiver like Michael Thomas would deserve to be mentioned at least in the MVP conversation about right now. Then we go to the defensive side of the ball for the Saints, and uh, Derek actually put out a tweet during the game as well about the guy that I've been talking about since the Saints drafted him in the fourth round this year, John C. Gardner-Johnson. I think the Saints found a new starting nickelback holy shit did he play his ass off in the game he played pretty good he had a couple of yeah of coverage errors uh, especially at the uh, touchdown late in the game against Allen Robinson but I mean it was his first start so you can't ex- expect that but a couple of his tackles it looked like he's been on the field forever it just was amazing. Yeah, the injury to Eli Apple in the end hurt because it, it it didn't really matter if the Bears scored or not at that point of the game anymore. And especially it was a non-contact. He just slipped on the turf. And from what I have read right now, it's just an hyperextended knee. Nothing much more. Um, I don't know the injury report for today. Uh how bad it is if he can't practice or not usually the timetable to recover from a hyperextended knee is three to five weeks but from what we saw already this year in Saquon Barkley and again Patrick Mahomes which we come to uh, in a couple of minutes timetables don't matter anymore in the NFL apparently 
Um, yeah. So I I hope it gets better a lot sooner. In the beginning, the Saints, of course, also uh, had that great special teams play with the blocked punt uh, in the first drive mm-hmm. of the Bears. Unfortunately, uh, I believe it was Gary or Gray. I, I can't remember, sorry. Um, but he got injured as well. Just uh, the next drive for the special team afterwards, which sucks as well. And another big shout-out to Taysom Hill. I, 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 I mean, yeah, he has limited snaps right now, but what can't that guy do? He was catching touchdowns this time around. It it, it seems crazy, but... He's great. Uh, how do you put him in in fantasy? I just want to know how you put Taysom Hill in in fantasy. I, I think he should be at eligible flex? at every position there is in fantasy football. <laughs> you put him as your flex, okay? You put him at your flex. That's pretty much it. I will say this for the Saints' sake. They're just showing how versatile they are to be able to have so many injuries and still take on a great uh, defense in Chicago. And again, I'll say this towards Chicago's aspect. Their offense is crap. Their offense is crap and it is hurting their defense because their defense is on the field so much. And that just showed towards the end of the game, the Saints were just wearing them out. It's ultimately what it was. All right, we're going to move on to our first big topic of the day, which is Patrick Mahomes. So, Andy Reid officially stated today that Patrick Mahomes was limited in practice today and has not officially ruled him out for Sunday. Now, I don't necessarily believe he's actually going to play him. I think that he's just saying that just to keep people wondering. But, guys, let us I want to ask, and I'll ask Toby this one first. Is this a good idea? Is Andy Reid really making a smart decision here, or is he really starting to mess things up if he thinks that Patrick Mahomes is ready to go after after dislocating his knee less than a week ago. Well, if if he really is thinking about starting Mahomes this week, it, it's way too early. Yeah, he's messing it up, up right now, and he's just putting him at risk to a bigger injury, uh, possibly season-ending. So, you... <clears throat> Andy Reid should not think about starting Mahomes this week and probably not even the week after. Just let him rest, <laughs> let him heal up completely, and let him get back to being the quarterback that he is, to being the superstar. Um, because as you have seen with uh, the ankle injury that he had, he's not the same player when he's injured on the field. He just hasn't been that dynamic. He's getting rushed. It's it's just not the same Patrick Mahomes when he's hurt, and to what I said earlier, um, that if it is real, I don't I don't think Andy Reid is actually thinking about it. It I think it's just like uh, Cliff Kingsbury did last week with David Johnson talking about yeah he's gonna start and talking and up and all that stuff to kind of confuse uh, their opponent for next week to kind of making them plan for Patrick Mahomes and spend more time on studying film on Patrick Mahomes, which, of course, if he is playing, you have to do against uh, a superstar quarterback that he is. So I think it's just distracting their opponents. It's it's nothing more. I don't think there's any truth to it that they are actually thinking about starting him the week after he injured his knee. 
Josh, you uh, you agree there? You think Andy Reid might yeah. be doing it? I think that uh, he's if you're really going to force Patrick Mahomes, you really shouldn't do it because there's a quarterback named Robert Griffin III that was forced to play in the playoff game, ended up tearing his ACL, and now look at him. He's uh, back up to Lamar Jackson after uh, jumping around teams like year in and year out. So I know Andy Reid's smart. He's not going to play him, but I, I do agree that he's probably psyching them out because, you know, Mahomes plays. You're not dealing with any normal quarterback here. He's got the look away pass. Yeah, and I, I agree with you guys. He's just messing with everyone. There is no logical reason to put Patrick Mahomes in against the Packers. Even with Patrick Mahomes in there 100%, there's still no guarantee you even win that game. You might lose even with Patrick Mahomes in there the way Green Bay's been able to exploit teams. I think they would. the Packers would beat the Chiefs right now even with Patrick Mahomes at 100% because I think the Packers know how to exploit the weaknesses in the Chiefs' defense. And like Toby mentioned, this is not a Patrick Mahomes that is as good as anyone else when he's hurt. And less than a week ago, he dislocated his knee. There's no way any normal human being can play under that. And, I mean, I, I think, I again wish that Andy Reid would just say no there's no way but of course he's just we're do everyone's doing it to themselves we're all kind of talking about is there actually a legit chance that Patrick Mahomes can play when we all pretty much know in our head there is no way that he plays alright moving on to another quarterback in the AFC and that is Tom Brady when asked about his future after the Jets game Tom Brady mentioned, I don't know what my future in holds. There are a lot of people that are speculating that Tom Brady will move to a different team after this season. Now, there are multiple reasons behind this. Uh, a lot of people are, are mentioning his relationship with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady saying he doesn't really feel appreciated anymore by Belichick and feels like now's the time to just say, I've had enough. There are also some people speculating Tom Brady's sick and tired of having it so easy. He has it so easy. I mean, the Patriots are making it look like the easiest thing in the world right now. And there's no competition at all for Tom Brady. Josh, what do you think? Is is any of this look true? Do you really think Tom Brady's leaving after this season? I don't think he's leaving for a team. But I think he will retire. And here's why. He's already done everything. You know? At this point, it's just boring to him. I mean, he's got his own uh, exercise routine that he's going to try to work on, you know, and with his trainer. Um, heck, he doesn't have to work another day in his life. So it's essentially like what we were talking about with Urban Meyer. He did everything. And there's no point in continuing anymore. I think having six Super Bowls, probably seven, but I don't want to speculate that too soon. But, uh, yeah, I don't think he's going to go to another team. I think he's going to retire. Toby, what do you make uh, of all this? Yeah, I see it the same way as Josh does. I don't think he's going to retire. Uh, or, uh, sorry, he's going to uh, go to another team. Um, I think his heart is... Uh, with the Patriots, even if he doesn't have the greatest of relationships 
uh, with Bill Belichick, but I think with all the other guys, especially with Robert Kraft, the owner, he has that kind of relationship that he wants to be that guy who played his entire career for one team. I am not sure if he is retiring after this season. I think there might be two scenarios where he does and one that he doesn't. The two scenarios that he does is he either passes Peyton Manning in the all-time passing touchdown record where he's only uh, 11 touchdowns behind Peyton Manning right now, so 12 more touchdowns this season and he's passing Peyton Manning. If he's done that, I think he retires. Or if he wins another Super Bowl, I think he retires as well. If he does neither of the two, I think he just plays another year and just wants to get past Peyton Manning with the passing touchdowns. Uh, that's I, I think that's the take for me. It, it's either one of that. I think he really is looking at the record of Peyton Manning. And with the injury to Dubreeze right now that he's missed the last five weeks, uh, he now has the chance to be the number one passing touchdown guy in the league for at least maybe half a year. Yep, and, and I think this is getting completely blown out. I think we all, every year we keep questioning, what is Tom Brady going to do? And everything he mentioned, you know, we always kind of like to make it a bigger story than what it is a lot of times. Uh, and especially since now Tom Brady's getting older, I, I certainly don't think he would leave anywhere else because I think he understands he's 42 years old what other team's going to really want to take, give him a chance right now. And I, I think he hurts his legacy anyways by doing that. I just think ultimately this is just a lot more of the mumbo jumbo that we're biting onto, but there's really no substance to it at all until I see something a little more concrete overreacting about this. All right, last topic here before, or we got the trades as well. Uh, next topic we have is Sam Darnold. Now, after, during the Monday game against the uh, the Patriots, during the second quarter, Sam Darnold was mic'd up and was recorded saying, I'm seeing ghosts. Now, interpret that line any way you want to, folks. But apparently the NFL was not very happy with that line being approved to say over airwaves. Me personally, I don't know why, but apparently the Jets didn't like it either. Apparently, the Jets thought that it made Sam Darnold look bad and made the Jets look bad or whatever it is that you want to mention. Maybe you can mention how... I don't know if we can really count it towards his sickness given he just came back from mono, but I don't necessarily... It's not like it's a concussion. It was a. It was an illness. It wasn't a concussion. So, I'm, I'm confused here, Toby. It, are, are the Jets making this way too big of a deal? Is the NFL making this a big deal? Because Sam yeah. Darnold even came out and said that it happens a lot more often than you think. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's, it's a common phrase for a quarterback to say. It's just when you see a rusher that isn't there, but you feel the pressure that isn't there. And, of course, with mm-hmm. Sam Darnold not being on the field for as long as he has been with the, uh, with his sickness, and you see he's skinny, he's not in shape, he might not, he, he's not in football shape right now, so it can happen, especially when you play a defense like the Patriots, and I, I said it before, I don't believe in the Patriots defense that much, but how they played against weaker quarterbacks so far this season, 
and with Sam Darnold in that condition, yeah, you can be scared of that, and that's a common phrase to say. Yeah, I'm seeing ghosts. And players like Brett Favre came out and said, yeah, other quarterbacks used them for uh, I don't know how many years in the league with me when they felt the pressure that wasn't there. And all of mm -hmm. a sudden, the NFL comes out and or the Jets come out and make it that huge deal. I don't, I, I don't know why. Yeah, I, I don't get it either. Uh, Josh? All right, one of two things. The first one is those ghosts he's probably seeing are all the failed attempts at getting to the Super Bowl. So, second of all, I think that it's awful that they're putting Aaron Donald, uh, Aaron Donald, gosh, Sam Darnold out here because he was sick with mono in bed to the point where he's losing muscle mass because his body's trying to fight this infection. You might as well just throw an emaciated guy out there and have him go throw a, a freaking football. Mm -hmm. He did. He's not in shape. They should have left him out a lot longer than that. Just because, just because the coughing stopped, just because the fever broke, doesn't mean that you're healthy to do stuff. You know, the, the Jets are ruining Sam Darnold, and they don't see it. So, it's there's nothing bad about saying that I see ghosts. You know, yeah. Uh, then, oh gosh, it's just like they're blowing it out of proportion just because I don't know. They probably just don't want to like start anything or something. But the one thing I'd be worried about is putting an emaciated Sam Darnold who just got done fighting an infection out there getting hit by quarterback by uh, defensive ends and linebackers. That's yeah. dangerous, and the Jets didn't even think about his health. Eesh. Well, and the Jets have had a few other issues with players. It was reported a couple weeks back that an offensive lineman was injured for a while with the Jets, and the Jets were withholding his pay until he returns to the field because I don't know whether or not they believed he was injured, even though it, it was being told by the medical doctors that he was injured, but I don't think the coaching staff knew. Look, the Jets are a joke. They're, Adam Gase is a joke. Their whole organization is a joke right now. I think they were making that a story just to try and get a sob story out of Sam Darnold right now, except for Gase not putting them in a good position to win that game. Look, you're, I don't dispute anything you guys just said. Sam Darnold should not have been put out there. He's not in physical shape. He should have had at least two more weeks of recovery and gaining that muscle back, getting that memory back, getting that football IQ back into rhythm. But he didn't have it, and he went out there blind. And like Toby said, with what the Patriots have done this year to every quarterback they've played, they've suffocated the, the quarterback. And he's like, I'm seeing ghosts. I, I feel like I feel like I'm throwing it everywhere, and I can't figure out where I'm going with this. That's not wrong. That's not that's not even bad. That's literally saying I'm dumbfounded. I think I'm seeing things, but I'm not. It's 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 typical. And I'm sorry if you if you thought maybe Sam Darnold wasn't in men mentally uh, capable of doing the job, then why'd you put him out there? I mean, this is a, it's a sob story. It's a sob story to try to blame the NFL for something that Adam Gase is completely responsible for. This is Adam Gase's fault, 100%.
This is not on Sam Darnold. This is not on the NFL, especially when your quarterback is even going out there saying, I've said it before, and every and probably every other quarterback has said it one or two times in their lifetime. He said it. it it's common to say when you think you're seeing things, but you don't, they're not actually there. Again, it's it's completely stupid to me. Anyway, we'll move on to our last topic here, and we'll kind of mention a few of the trades that have transpired from Sunday all the way to here while we're recording this on Wednesday. So we all know Mohamed Sanu is being traded to the Patriots, and Emmanuel Sanders is being traded to the 49ers, and a couple of other players have been traded along the way too. Uh, Diggs from the Lions is being sent to Seattle. I know a lot of Lions players are not happy about that. There's a couple of uh, good trades here. Um, what were your guys' reactions? My personal reaction to this, of course the Patriots get Sanu. Of course. Why do all these teams feel the need to trade their players to the freaking Patriots? Why? Why? Do you just want to give them the Super Bowl? Because that's what you guys keep doing. You keep trading these players to them. Like as if they need another receiver. And Mohamed Sanu is a very good veteran wide receiver. He still has a lot in the tank that he can perform well under in the Patriots system. Why? Yeah, I, I mean, they, they made a great offer. A, a second round pick for Mohamed Sanu is, I, I mean, you have to take the deal even if the pick comes from the Patriots. But I, I think Sanu, he, fit, he fits perfectly into the system for the Patriots. He's basically a Julian Edelman 2.0. He wasn't used that way in Atlanta for most of the time. But when you saw the sh those short passes, he had those numbers in the short passes. And that's exactly what the Patriots need with Tom Brady right now. So I don't get it either why it's always the Patriots. But it's... I mean, it's a win-win for both. Um, the The Patriots needed a younger uh, wide receiver than Julian Edelman for the short passes, and the Falcons get a second-round pick for next year's draft, where they probably uh, where they probably draft another offensive lineman instead of any defensive guy. They probably need a lot more. Josh. Yeah. Um... You'd think that the Falcons would be the ones that would say, you know what, we're not going to trade him that uh, that player because they got embarrassed in the Super Bowl by the Patriots and you still think they'd harbor some ill will. But a second-round pick is a second-round pick and you need those. Uh, but the one that surprised me the most was uh, trading uh, Detroit's uh, safety to Seattle. What was his name again? His last name's Diggs. I can't remember his first Diggs. one, but I know it's Diggs. Uh but, uh, yeah, that one was surprising because I thought that uh, Matt Patricia was a defensive mind. So why are you getting rid of your defensive players? Now, I don't know what was uh, part of the deal with that uh, uh, trade. It must have been pretty decent if we're willing to give up uh, digs. But, uh, I, I do think, though, that the best trade that happened was uh, Sanders going to the Niners because Jimmy Garoppolo needs a number one wide receiver, and I think that Sanders can be that. It's just uh, another piece to uh, the puzzle for the Niners. I think they just got better. 
Yep, Emmanuel Sanders is always a pretty good one. He's healthy. Obviously, uh, he has running backs he can throw to. He has George Kittle, but even then, that's not enough. It is always good to get Sanders. All right, that's enough for our topics. Toby, go ahead and take it away. Toby's Alts. All right, once again, I'm going to do this quick since we are once again almost at the one-hour mark of this podcast once again. So the first game I'm picking this week is between the Washington Redskins at the Minnesota Vikings on Thursday night football. I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings as the favorite at minus 16.5 points. The odds are plus 100, uh, sorry, minus 110. The second game is between the New York Giants and the Detroit Lions. Uh, the Detroit Lions, the seven-point favorite. I'm also going with the Lions at seven, minus seven points. The odds are as well, minus 110. The third game is between the New York Jets and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Jags are the minus six-point favorites. I'm going with the Jags here. Odds again, minus 110. Fourth game is between the Denver Broncos and the Indianapolis Colts. Colts, the favorite at minus five and a half points. I'm going with the Colts. Once again, the odds, minus 110. The fifth game and the last game is between the Carolina Panthers and the San Francisco 49ers. The first real test of the 49ers. Uh, The 49ers are the favorite by five and a half points. This time, I'm going with the underdog, the Carolina Panthers, plus 5.5 points. Once again, the odds at minus 110. To sum this quick Toby's odds segment up again, I'm going with Minnesota at minus 16.5, Detroit with minus 7, Jacksonville minus 6, Indianapolis Colts minus 5.5, and and the Carolina Panthers at plus 5.5. Uh, quick fire round in Toby's odds, but now we're moving on to the predictions for week eight. And we're starting off with the Thursday night football game between the Washington Redskins and the Minnesota Vikings. My pick, as I said already in Toby's odds, are the Minnesota Vikings. Um, just quite blankly because the Washington Redskins suck this year. So guys, you got <laughs> anything to add here? Nope, I got Vikings. Give me the Minnesota Vikings. I thought for a split second he was about to go Redskins. I thought for yeah, a it, millisecond. It, it, it there. sounded like it. How you started it, it sounded like the you Redskins. started that. <laughs> All right, oh, we're moving on to the Sunday 1 p.m. games. The first game up is between the Seattle Seahawks and the Atlanta Falcons. Josh, go ahead. I'm going to take the Seattle Seahawks on this one. I think that uh, just the way that the defense for the Falcons is, I think that the offense for the uh, Seahawks can carry this team uh, to a win. (laughs) Yeah, I think this actually might be a pretty high score game. Uh, The Seahawks obviously have the better offense and even though their defense got exploited against Lamar, I still think their defense is still is still a lot better than the Falcons defense. That's for sure. I still, like I said, I mentioned this game was going to be pretty high scoring, but ultimately the Seahawks are the better team. So give me the Seahawks here. Yeah, I see it the same way as you, Derek. Um, you you're facing a team 
in the where the Seahawks are facing a team in the Atlanta Falcons who are not quite that good at rushing the ball this year, even with Devontae Freeman. He's not that elite running back that he was the last couple of years. And since that's the weakness of the Seattle Seahawks, I don't see how the Falcons would beat the Seahawks, and the Seahawks can't exploit that weak defense of the Falcons. So I'm also going with the Seahawks here. Coming up next is the game between the Denver Broncos and the Indianapolis Colts. Like I said before, I'm going with the Indianapolis Colts in this one. I think with how uh, the Broncos were, or the Broncos handled the defensive front of the Kansas City Chiefs last week in the Thursday night game, I think that's going to be even more on display uh, against the Indianapolis Colts, as I think the Colts' defensive front is even better than the Kansas City one is. So I'm definitely going with the Colts here. Derek, what are your thoughts on this? want to just rec- record this and say that uh this was supposed to be a 425 game but the nfl decided that it was not a good enough game so they're gonna move back anyway uh yeah i'm going with the colts here as well uh the broncos really don't scare me on defense uh the colts defense is actually getting healthier this week as well malik hooker will be back and playing uh kenny moore was a limited participant in this game as well or in this week as well and the offense is getting healthier as well wide receiver category so this is a the healthiest this Colts team has been in a few weeks and with the Broncos trading Emmanuel Sanders I think it, that's just another receiving threat that the Colts don't have to worry about so give me the Colts here you see that helmet behind me yes that's the team I'm going with there you go Colts. appreciate you alright uh, next game up is between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Tennessee Titans. Um, Josh, I think we actually need an opinion this time. Yeah. Oh boy. Now am I? Now when I start Henry, am I going to regret it like I did last time? Yes. You know, yes, you'll regret it with with Carlos Hyde. I thought it. so. Yeah. And uh, who's the quarterback for the for the Buccaneers? What's his James name? James Winston. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, both teams suck. Yes, they both <laughs> suck. This is not a game that they should like seriously put this game not on Sunday. Heck, put it in on like a Tuesday night. Put it on, you know, no, that put way, it that on way Friday. It's done. Put it on yeah. Friday. This is a random but nothing that's game. The, it's the equivalent of a high school football game. Put this game on a freaking Friday. There you go. Jeez, Problem man. solved. Both teams suck ass going with the Titans. He's going with the Titans. Okay. All right. I am going the opposite direction with this one. I'm going with the Buccaneers. I know the Buccaneers had themselves a really bad game against the Titan or against the Panthers the previous week, but they did have a bye week. So that does give them time. And I think Bruce Arians is a really good coach. I do agree with that. And usually teams that are, uh, that have a good coach come off a bye and they do pretty well. Again, I saw some encouraging signs from the Titan. I think the Buccaneers have that bigger play mentality. I think the Buccaneers, when they're on their their way they can be really good but obviously when they're off they're just plain awful 
I don't think Jameis Winston throws five interceptions again. I don't think he quite does that. Uh, I'm going with the upset here. I think the Buccaneers will pull this one off. You're calling this an upset? The Titans win. It's an upset. No, if the Titans win, then it's it's not an upset. No matter what you're looking at, this game's a freaking upset. Yes. All right, uh, I'm going with Josh's side here. I'm also going with the Titans. Um, I, I just think if their defense can't play somewhat like they did against the Chargers last week, I think they have a chance against Jameis Winston, who is struggling lately. And the fact that they're playing at home might give them the advantage a, a bit more than if it was in Tampa Bay. Uh, like Josh already mentioned quite quite a bit in the last couple of minutes it, it's it's, it's a, trash a high school game. football game don't be surprised when derrick henry gets stuffed all right just reminding you but i i i'm going with the titans here the next game up is between the arizona cardinals and the new orleans saints and i'd like to hear the opinion about this game from you guys first so josh go ahead Saints. That's it. Saints. All right. Yeah. I think the uh, I think the Cardinals' run game definitely causes some issues for the Saints early. Uh, this is definitely a Evil-y. yes, Doctor Evil. Get get I'm off waiting. the screen. Get away from the screen. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Ja- Josh, 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 Josh. You're gonna, stop. you're gonna pick Josh, the Cardinals. You're, you're making me uncomfortable. Stop. 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 You're spitting on the mic. You're on the camera. Stop. You're gonna pick the Cardinals. No, I'm not picking the Cardinals. I'm picking the Saints. All right. I'm picking the Saints. <laughs> the Cardinals will give them some trouble early because the Saints will have to adjust. But I think it's still gonna be a lot where Kyler Murray has to run around a lot. And I think that's just going to be the outlier. So give me the Saints here. Yeah, I'm of course I'm also going with the Saints. Like I said, um, there's I don't see a game where the Saints are underdogs uh, again this year. Um, I don't think the Saints are going to struggle that mar- uh, much with a mobile quarterback as Colin Murray is, as they have two great edge rush. Sorry, edge rushers on both sides in uh, Davenport and Cam Jordan. So I think they can box him in quite nicely. Um, the thing is, where the Cardinals might be able to exploit the Saints is uh, with their second wide receiver right now, that Eliopolis out, and I I, I don't want to say it. The Saints the Saints might have to start Ken Crawley again as their starting cornerback. Uh, it, it hurts me to even say that. Um. <laughs> But fortunately for the Saints, the Cardinals don't really have a second wide receiver other than Larry Fitzgerald, so uh, he's going to be matched up against Marshawn Lattimore most of the time, so I I, I don't fear it that much against the Cardinals, so good time to be early lay Apple. Um, But yeah, of course, I'm also going with the Saints here. Next game up is between the Cincinnati Bengals and the LA Rams. Derek, go ahead. Do I even have to really say it? It's the Rams. Until the Bengals actually do pull. Can't pick them, so give me the Rams. 
Yeah, give me the Rams as well. They, it's get it, It's buried. It's buried for Burrow. That's what's going on there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't see a reason why I should pick the Cincinnati Bengals right now, even with how <laughs> the Rams have played with their offensive line right now. I, 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 I can't see the Bengals getting any type of rush on Jared Goff in this game as well. Next game is between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Josh, go ahead. Give me the Bills, the Eagles. Yeah, they're 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 toast. They're they're cooked. That's it. Give me the Bills. Cooked Eagle. Cooked Eagle. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I I want to pick the Eagles because I think the Eagles, when healthy, are are a much more talented team than the Buffalo Bills right now. But the thing is, the Eagles aren't healthy. They're not playing at a high level right now. And even though the Bills struggled against the Dolphins, I think they're going to prepare a lot more for the Eagles because they know even when injured, the Eagles can play. And I think the Bills have a much better defense at the moment. And even though their offense has struggled, the Eagles offense has struggled as well. So I'm going with the Bills here too. Yeah, I'm I'm also going with the Bills here. Like you said, Derek, the Eagles have a problem with injuries right now. They're not healthy, and the Bills, if they, God forbid, play like they did against the Dolphins, which I don't hope they do because I don't think they actually prepared for the game. Yeah, I don't um, think so either. It, it, they might not be able to do it, but I, I don't think they will, so it's, it's a Bills win for me. Next game up, the L.A. Chargers against the Chicago Bears. Um, once again, interesting game with two teams that we expected to be a lot better this season. So, Derek, go ahead. Again, I see this literally as a rematch of what I just saw with the Chargers and the Titans, right? Where the Titans had a really good defense and the Bears have one too. My only issue is Chargers don't have much of an offense right now and the Bears have no offense. So I don't really know what to pick here. I'm going to go with the home team again and just because I think the Bears will create some turnovers, I'm going with the Bears here. Just this one. Phillip Rivers. Enough said. Give me the Bears. (laughs) I thought that meant you were going to pick the Chargers, but... (laughs) Okay. <laughs> yeah, I I'm also going with the Bears God, here. Has that look of disgust yeah. on his face. <laughs> he really does. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. So yeah, I'm All also bears going. For Toby. Yeah, I'm also going with the Bears here. Uh, I think the Bears only struggle against uh, really good defenses like uh, the Saints had last week, and the Chargers really don't have that uh, this week. So I expect a big game off of Allen Robinson. Um, this week for the Bears um, so yeah Bears for me next game up the New York Giants against the Detroit Lions Josh are the Lions gonna do what they always do oh yeah give me the Giants <laughs> got no carry on Johnson so yeah whatever hope you have the Lions winning it's not gonna happen all right, Derek. You know what? Toby, I know you mentioned that you like the 
did. This is my upset pick of the week. I think the Giants bounce back and are able to take advantage of the Lions' mishandings on defense and given the fact that Carrion Johnson's not playing again. I don't think the Lions are going to be able to run the ball on the Giants the way that uh, the Cardinals were able to. And I think the Giants will actually be able to run the ball because I think Saquon Barkley is going to get time to rest and they're going to be able to be fine. I think the Giants pull up the upset at Ford Field. All right. Um, Derek, you're right on your assumption, or basically I've already said it. I, I'm going with the Detroit Lions. Um, I, I I just think that <laughs> I, I, I can't trust Daniel Jones right now. That's my issue. I, yeah, I know. It's hard to do, right? <laughs> I, 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 I can't put my trust in him. And just to say because of Saquon Barkley, yeah, okay, he is probably the best running back in the league right now. But he's coming off of the injury. Yeah, he had a, one more week to rest. But I, I just think the Lions it's, it's are... It's a stretch. It's a stretch. That's why yeah, it's an it's, upset. They're it's not a supposed stretch, but... to win it, but they do. It's not the time of the year yet that the Lions go back to being the worst team in the league yet. It could be. This one will it This might one be. will put them at the edge. Yeah, we're <laughs> at the halfway point. We're still in the first half of the year, so... <laughs> we'll see. All right, the last of the 1 p.m. games is between the New York Jets and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, no, there's two more. There's two more. Don't forget the uh, Raiders and the Texans. No, that's at 425. Is that a 425? They must yeah. have moved that. Must have moved that over. Oh, yeah, that's right, because the Colts got moved up and the Texans. Gotcha. Yeah, that's what I saw. All right, okay. yeah, so last game at 1 p.m., Chats, Jacks. Uh, hopefully not that many ghosts on the field this time. Uh, Josh, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, give me the Jags in this one. I just feel like they're going to they're gonna win. It's going to be the Jags. Yeah, I think Sam Darnold's going to be seeing some ghosts. Uh, this Jaguars defense is still pretty good. I think they'll they'll just be able to win this game. I, I don't think it'll be by a whole lot, but I think they'll win it. So give me the Jags. Yeah, in the shame a shape that Sam Donald is right now, like we said, he's not in football shape yet. He needs at least one more week to get back to being in at least some kind of football shape. So I'm going also with the Jacks. The 4.05 p.m. game is between the Carolina Panthers and the San Francisco 49ers. The first challenge for the 49ers this week uh, in the spread. I'm going with the Panthers. I'm not going to give you my pick yet who's going to win this game, but Derek, go ahead. I, n I remember how I mentioned that the Colts coming off the bye were a pretty decent favorite against the Texans. Well... I'm not so high on the on the Panthers with it as well. I know that, the listen, the Panthers and the 49ers have both been top 10 teams this year. There's no question about it so far. But I think being at home, the 49ers have the better offensive-minded coach. I think they're going to get better. They're going to get better prime con football conditions. I think that with this defense, the way the 49ers have it, are going to be able to shut down the wide receivers that 
the Carolina Panthers have in place, and they're going to have to feed it through McCaffrey, which they've done almost all year. And I think the Carolina the Carolina is not going to be able to do that. This is going to be like you mentioned, Toby, how this is the first real challenge for the 49ers. This is the first real challenge for Kyle Allen so far in regards to total defense and what he's had to face so far. This is a game, again, I could go either way with this. Both teams have a realistic argument to win this game. But I think being the home team, I'm going with the 49ers here. <clears throat> Zaninas. I will take Zaninas on this one. I'm not the only one. I'm going with the upset. I like I said, I'm not a believer in the 49ers and the person for me that is the decider for the Panthers, it's not gonna be Christian McCaffrey. It's not gonna be on the offense. For me, it's uh it's Luke Keekley on the defense. He's gonna read that offense led by Jimmy Garoppolo as well as he always does in a game and he's gonna create problems for Jimmy Garoppolo. So I believe, like you said, Derek, it's not gonna be a, a game that it's gonna be won by a big margin. It's gonna be close. Uh, but I think I favor the Panthers just a little bit. All right. Then we're coming up to the 425 games, the new 425 game, as Derek already mentioned, the game between the Oakland Raiders and the Texans. So, uh, Josh, why don't you start us off on this one? Look at that. We beat the Texans and they take our game slot. Huh? What's going yeah, on with that? Right. Conspiracy theory <laughs> here. I mean, oh, man, they got Deshaun Watson and they got DeAndre Hopkins. So what? So what? Anyway, I'll, I'll still take the Texans in this one. Yeah, this this one was a tough one for me just because I know how banged up they are in the secondary right now. Uh, but I still think that offense really relies on Josh Jacobs having a good day. Uh, and I think with what we saw this last week with the Colts, the, the Texans pretty much shut him down. They they could they Colts couldn't run the ball that much against the Texans. Uh, it was very difficult, and I think the Texans are going to come up with a good game plan at being at home that are going to revisit it and are going to uh, figure out what they want to do offensively. So I, I'm going with the Texans here as well. All right. Yeah, I'm also going with the Texans here. Uh, first off, as you said, Derek, um, the Raiders have to run the ball with Josh Jacobs, which the Texans are pretty good at. And on the other hand, the Raiders struggle against teams that are able to run the ball effectively against them. And I think the Texans right now with uh, Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson uh, are able to uh, run against Oakland. So I don't know if you guys just saw the update. ESPN just put out Patriots wide receiver Josh Gordon is now being placed on injured reserve and he is now out for the season. Field Gates just reported it. All right. So that's something to look uh, look into further on down the schedule. Well, and since we're on the Patriots, the next game up is the Patriots game at home against the Cleveland Browns. Derek, go ahead. I feel like I know what Toby's going to pick here. 
So I'm going to go the opposite. I'm assuming I know what he knows, but I'm going to go with the Patriots here. I'm sorry, until I see them completely crumble as a defense, I can't say that it's just a mirage. I do know they haven't played great quarterbacks, but they've dominated. They haven't just played well, they've dominated. They've looked amazingly good, and they've destroyed teams that they should be destroying. We all kind of assumed, oh, you know, in September, they really don't care as much, and they're kind of just you know, going to just do whatever they have looked sharp and they've looked good. And I, I was half tempted to pick the Browns in this game because they're off a of bye week. They're going to get a chance to figure out what they want to do. But even then it's Bill Belichick, it's Tom Brady, it's that Patriots defense and they're in Foxborough. I can't necessarily pick against them when they're in Foxborough either. If it was in Cleveland, I might, but it is in Foxborough and it's an evening game. So I'm going with the Patriots here. All right, Josh. Did I just hear the New England Patriots? Now take them. Give me the Patriots. <laughs> all right. I'm not hey. going to look forward to that all year long. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, you're assuming you're wrong. Like I said, Baker Mayfield mm. is not a top half quarterback right now in the league and the Browns are struggling on their offensive line right now so yes the Patriots defense is gonna have another field day against the Browns they it it's gonna be ugly for the Browns uh, Patriots it's it's a definite win for them okay. then we go to the Sunday night game between the Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs Josh go ahead I'll take the Packers in this one. I think if Mahomes doesn't play, it's just going to be a free, a backyard football game for the Packers. Man, boys, we don't really have a lot of uh, games where we're deciding against each other here. No leads are going to be lost in this one. <laughs> um, I mentioned it earlier uh, when we were talking about uh, Mahomes that I, I – didn't think that the Chiefs had a chance to win this game, even if Patrick Mahomes was 100% healthy and ready to play. I think the with what the Packers have been able to do the last couple of weeks, especially on offense without their best weapon, they've still been able to score at will. And against this Chiefs defense, I still think it's going to be it's going to be just the same. I think the Packers win this one too. Yeah, um, I also think without Patrick Mahomes, it's. It's not that hard to pick, really. Um, like you said, Derek Packers probably would have even been uh, the favorite without Patrick Mahomes, uh, or with Patrick Mahomes on the field. Sorry, with how they play right now on defense, yeah, um, it, I, I think the Packers are are ahead of the Chiefs right now, and. I mean, we have one more game, but should we just pretend that that game doesn't exist? Is, is that a thing? No, I want the win. All right, I want the easy win. Okay. All right. All right, uh, run it past me. What? Uh, it is the Toby. Go ahead. You're yeah, the one doing it. It's the Miami Dolphins against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have I have the Steelers in this one. Uh, I think Mason Rudolph is actually scheduled to be back for this game. Yep. Uh, so that'll be nice for them. Uh, I, I, I think a lot of people are just kind of 
dealing not really recognizing what the Steelers are doing. I think the Steelers are actually a decent team right now, but I, I think yeah, this is one of the worst Monday Night Football games that you'll ever see. Uh, we just had one terrible one here, and now we're about to have another one. I'm going with the Steelers, and I feel like Josh is doing something that I don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing. You hear that? Yes. Yeah, that's the monster that's going to come down on those freaking dolphins. You kidding me? Look at this. You strap this guy in. He's going to be wearing a freaking Steelers jersey because Godzilla's going to come down there and freaking crush the dolphins. Give me give me the uh, Steelers. Easily. That'd be a nice movie idea, Godzilla. It's the giant <laughs> dolphin. <laughs> the dolphin can just sink him or something. I don't know. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, of course, I'm also... Yeah, uh, all right. Uh, of course, I'm also going with the Steelers here against the Dolphins. Um, I, I don't think the Dolphins want to win right now, so it doesn't matter who they're playing. They're, they're going to lose anyway. It. Yeah. All right, I'm handing the mic back to Derek for our outro. And, yeah, Derek, take over. All right, thank you guys so much again for watching the podcast. We enjoyed uh just another quick update before we end up leaving uh josh and i are actually going to the colts miami dolphins football game coming up here in a couple weeks uh that should be fun uh almost a guaranteed win for us i say almost because again it's the nfl anything can happen but we we are obviously going to that game that'll be fun josh and i've been wanting to go for a while now so finally get to do that uh, that'll be fun. Can't wait to do that with you, Josh. But anyway, mm -hmm. thank you guys again so much. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at T3DS underscore NFL. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. Be sure to listen on Spotify. And as always, guys, peace. See ya. Later.